Welcome to the Gut Podcast on the paper, Regain, the Real World Gastritis Initiative, updating the updates, published in paper copy in Gut in March 2024. My name is Dr. Philip Smith, Digital and Education Editor of Gut, an honorary consultant gastroenterologist at the Royal Liverpool Hospital, Liverpool, United Kingdom. And I extend a very warm welcome to three world-renowned professors. Firstly, Professor Massimo Rouge, Honorary Professor of Pathology at the Padova University and Adjunct Professor of Medicine and Gastroenterology at the Baylor College of Medicine in Houston. Also, Professor Peter Malfa-Feiner, who is Senior Professor of Medicine at the Ludwig Maximilian University of Munich, Munich, Germany. And finally, Professor Robert Genter, who is an adjunct professor of pathology and medicine, gastroenterology, at the Baylor College of Medicine, Houston, Texas, as well as the chief for academic affairs at the Fulgent Informed Diagnostics in Irving, Texas. Professors, thank you all so much for joining me today to do this podcast, and congratulations on your superb paper. Firstly, Professor Rouge. Could I ask you to explain the background to your paper, why this meeting of experts has happened now, and can you explain the new gastritis classification? Oh, yes. Thank you. Good morning, whatever is the time of your connection. And thank you, Dr. Smith. Thank you, Phil, I would say, and Professor Elmar for this fantastic opportunity to introduce our manuscript to the gut leaders. I said our manuscript. In fact, it is the fruit of 22 months long intense cooperative effort of almost 50 international clinical scientists who have spent much of their professional lives exploring the gastritis field. 34 years ago, during the International Gastroenterology Congress held in Sydney, a by-side initiative of a group of gastroenterologists with a few pathologists addressed the hot topic of gastric inflammatory disease. This sort of working party all time was to revisit what was known about gastric inflammatory lesion systematically. But it is essential to put us in the proper historical perspective. The Sydney Working Party took place just after the earliest demonstration of Helicobacter pylori's responsibility in peptic ulcer disease, and probably more important, a growing body of literature suggested considering the bacterium Helicobacter pylori as the most frequent cause of infectious environmental cancer. 34 years after Sydney, we thought it was the right time to readdress all this matter and focus on the world progress in the knowledge of inflammatory gastric disease and their connection with the gastric precancer and the gastric cancer lesions. 
Important, the Menarine International Foundation delivered in support to the project, which was arranged in a sort of a democratic frame of a consensus meeting. I would say better, a conference open to an open discussion grounded on our current evidence-based knowledge. I really want to express my heartfelt gratitude to both the young and uh, the more experienced participants who took part in this scientific attempt. They all made significant contribution and their commitment has left unforgettable memories of this experience. Their valuable insight and well-grounded experience will truly benefit our clinical practice in our future. Furthermore, the evidence gathered during this meeting has provided us with, I would say, valuable insights and strategies aimed to preventing gastric cancer in different epidemiological contexts in different healthcare settings and both rich and most important, low income countries. I am that with my co-chairs, Robert Genta and Peter Malfartanio. They were uh, extensively involved in identifying the main topics to be addressed and the chairing the scientific meetings, including more than 20 preparatory teleconferences. This constructive approach culminated in a successful landing in a person meeting. In a three-day conclave, we explored the clinical and biological issue in depth that were critically reconsidered, refined, redefined, and finally amalgamated in our conclusive text. I'm convinced that regain the real world gastritis initiative, updating the updates will offer the gut readers state of art of knowledge of gastric inflammatory disease. Thank you. Thank you, Professor, for that. Now moving on to Professor Malfa Fina, could you explain the clinical impact of the REGAIN consensus and also the gastritis in endoscopy diagnosis? Let me first start by saying that it was truly a rewarding experience to collaborate with so many expert clinical pathologists around the world and to be part of this consensus, which was really a fantastic event organized by our good friend, Professor Ruge. It is my pleasure to address some of the clinical impacts. In fact, gastritis is a frequent organic disease. And considering that Helicobacter pylori infection causes an infectious type gastritis and that this infection is 
so prevalent in the world with more than 4 billions of people carrying the infection, they all carry some degree of mucosal inflammation of the stomach defined as gastritis. So it gives you kind of a perception of the relevance of dealing with gastritis, which is an organic disease because when diagnosed, it always is associated with structural and functional abnormalities. But in the majority of cases, gastritis is asymptomatic unless during its progression, it merges into complications of which gastric cancer is the most frequent and gastric cancer is attributable in more than 90% to H. pylori gastritis. Now, what has been the clinical learning in this consensus? It is that we learned that the combination of high-resolution endoscopy paralleled with the expert histological examination of expert pathologists which allow us to have a clear, not only diagnosis, but also staging and prognosis of gastritis, which then can be transferred in the clinical condition where we, with the diagnosis of gastritis, know whether a patient needs to be followed up, whether a patient needs treatment because etiology is well-defined, or whether the gastritis of an etiology where we do not have yet a specific treatment is a diagnosis that has no follow-ups. So it is this getting together with all the informations. And let me make just one important aspect that is so, so relevant for the clinician, and this is the atrophic gastritis. Because particularly for the atrophic gastritis, the role of the gastroenterologist who has the endoscope as his method is the exact definition of the extension of the atrophy. And taking the biopsies, and this was among the important consensus results, the number of biopsies from the antrum for the corpus to giving us or allowing us a full picture of the gastritis and then how to handle this disease in clinical practice. And I would like to just mention another aspect in order to conclude, because I think our colleagues will read with great attention and with great joy this document. And this third element, especially concerning atrophic gastritis, is a functional component that can be added by performing a serological examination, simply because biopsy taken from a non-lesional apparent uh, mucosa and just being a biopsy from one side is completed by the serological inspection, which will allow us to classify to grade the degree of atrophy. So gastritis, a structural, a functional disease, which 
is accomplished in its diagnosis and prognosis by the strict collaboration of the experienced pathologists and gastroenterologists, endoscopists. And this learning process merged in a consensus, which I think will be extremely valuable in clinical practice and will allow us to speak in one language over all the continents by collecting more clinical expertise, more clinical relevant information on this disease. Thank you very much, uh, Professor Malfafina, uh, for that. Now, moving on to Professor Gento, could you explain how practicing pathologists can use the new information from Regain and discuss the emerging awareness of low prevalence gastritis? First, I would like to echo my two colleagues' enthusiasm for being here today, for being able to be hosted by Phil to discuss briefly our paper and for all the work that we did with our 40-plus colleagues reunited in Venice. And the question Phil has just asked is extremely relevant because GUT is a clinical journal read mostly by clinicians and researchers. But so that's why we have to start distinguishing between two types of pathologists, the specialists, the GI pathologists, and the general pathologists. The GI pathologists tend to follow the gastrointestinal disease literature. And so those are the uh, target audience for this paper for uh, gut, because these are the ones who will read they will understand it, they will have heard about the regain consensus from their clinical colleagues, and they will understand its contents. Now, what will they find? They will find not dramatic changes in the classification of gastritis, but they will find a nomenclature that has been refined, has been better standardized, and has been adapted to fulfill what Peter just said. We all have to speak the same language. Clinicians have to speak the clinical language, but a uniform one. Pathologists have to speak the pathology language, even if we actually speak different languages in different parts of the world. But the meaning of what we say have to, has to be uniform so that we can communicate and understand each other. This um, consensus has addressed a number of controversial as well as non-controversial topics. For example, a non-controversial topic is the use of Olga Olgin in the pathology report. We have, it is not commonly done. We have emphasized the great importance of adding these few numbers to a pathology report that would be better understood by everyone as far as the risk for gastric cancer for the patients. We also have focused on an old issue, the is it worth or not to biopsy, to sample the incisura angularis? Some think it is, some think it is not. We have 
had ample discussions and we came, we believe, with a reasonable guideline for clinicians to provide this type of biopsies. And then we have uh, um, addressed in a, in a more uh, systematic way the what we called the low prevalence host-related gastritis that can be called also as emerging gastritis, emerging only because we recognize them more and we now diagnose them better. And so we hope that our pathology colleagues will help uh, make them better understood through better pathology descriptions. Now, I don't believe in the trickle-down version of economy. It doesn't work. But in education, it does work. So the, the GI pathologists, the ones who usually occupy academic positions of influence, they should, it, they should take as their main responsibility after having read this paper and having understood its meaning to disseminate the information to their colleagues who do the so-called general pathology. And in this respect, I want to emphasize that, yes, it is general. They do all kinds of uh, specimens and they examine many parts of the body. But endoscopy has changed even the most general practice into a highly GI-focused practice in pathology. Because in, in most hospitals, 30 to 40% of the specimens are GI. And so there are lots of GI pathologists unbeknownst to themselves. So I hope they will be touched by this paper either directly or through their GI pathology colleagues and their educational mission. Thank you. Thank you, Professor Gentile. I hope so too. Um, finally, for my final question, I wonder whether I could ask all three of you to answer with a, a short sentence each, starting with Professor Malfa Fina, then Professor Gento, and then Professor Rouge, about how might this paper impact on research priorities in the foreseeable future? There are many areas that should be addressed in our research on gastritis. And I think Regain really offers the basic for this. One of the aspects I would prioritize is the so-called H. pylori negative gastritis, as we know that more than 90% of all forms of gastritis are H. pylori related. And now we are learning so much about the gastric micro microbiome. Which composition of the gastric microbiome main use gastritis. And the second point is certainly the immune modulating therapy and its impact on the gastric mucosa. What type of gastritis are we expecting with this modern, also in oncology use therapies? Professor Genta now. Uh, thank you. Uh, from the viewpoint of the pathology-based research, I have to say we already started. Uh, again, led by Massimo Roger and with the Peters and my help, we have uh, recruited a large number of centers around the world to do a systematic study on the biopsy from the incisor angularis to determine with 
real facts with evidence, is it worth taking it or not? We in the in the consensus we answered from what we knew. Now we are trying to get a systematic answer to this question. And in many other parts that of uh, the world that I know that our participating colleagues are already doing studies devoted to these uh, emerging gastroenteritis. Peter mentioned probably the most important of them, the helicobacter negative gastritis. I think a lot can be done and needs to be done in eosinophilic gastritis and in general in eosinophilic diseases of the GI tract. Thank you. And, and finally, uh, Professor, Professor Rouge. I think that it's difficult to summarize a solemn paper, more than 35 pages long. But uh, the main message are basically summarized summarizable in three points. First, the nomenclature should be normalized to promote interchanges in culture and in managing our patients. The second one, the new event of serology as part of the diagnostic procedures. And finally, I would like to mention also the increasing role of the microbiota in the panorama of gastric inflammatory disease. We should address this point because it promises us a lot of new information. I think that I just pointed out some points of our paper, and I hope that the readers will enjoy it in reading this, I suppose, important contribution. Thank you. Thank you, um, um, Professor Rouge, and, and thank you, all three of you. Um, it's a great honour to just do a podcast with one of you, but to get all three of you on the podcast is amazing. So thank you so much, so much, all of you. And congratulations once again on this fantastic paper being published in GUT. I'm sure uh, many of our listeners are going to really enjoy reading it. To our listeners, therefore, if you do want to read this paper, there is a link immediately underneath this podcast. Please click on it and it will take you directly to that paper. And of course, please join us again in the future for further good podcasts. Thank you very much for joining us today. <laughs>